0: You've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a Chatter podcast. Listener celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. You've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a Chatter podcast. Listener celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. I'm
1: Todd Sampson and my new series, Mirror Mirror, focuses on the wellness industry coming soon. How are you? No, I'm good. I just returned from Canada. I was visiting my dad in Sydney.
2: Oh, in oh, in Sydney, Canada. It's, arc,
1: it's it's the arc of my life. I was born in a small town in Sydney, and I live in Sydney, Australia. Yeah.
2: That is crazy. What's Sydney, Canada like? Um,
1: uh, well, it it was. Uh, it's on an island. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Kind of like the Tasmania. Of Canada a little bit, like it's sort of windswept islands with super friendly, slightly odd people um, that just care about life and not about getting ahead in our materialistic capitalist world. Those kind of people. <laughs> so your kind Tasmania. of people. <laughs> it's probably it's probably not Tasmania, is it? But this is how I kind of imagine Tasmania, but. Uh, is, it, is
2: that what's yeah. behind you? Because there's a map behind you of Sydney. But is that our yeah, Sydney? Yeah, he Or your Sydney? It. That's your Sydney. <laughs> no.
1: So that, my editor gave me this, this season, while he was editing. And uh, he said, oh, this is Sydney, Canada. Oh, wow. Oh.
0: But it's no, not. No, wait, wait, wait.
1: <laughs> but it's not. Look, this is the fucking harbor here. <laughs> like, I was looking at it going, that's a mistake. So he bought it. He's, a, he's an excellent editor. But clearly not good at purchasing gifts.
2: It's, I, I was kind of wondering that. Yeah. I'm like, it looks familiar. <laughs> I've never been yeah. good at geography. I, did not, right? I'm not, I am not
1: framing that for any reason. Like it's something special. It's actually a mistake. But I like it.
2: <laughs> you know what? That That's the joy of the story, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. There's something to tell about that. <laughs> and I was just there yesterday. Yesterday, yes.
2: You've just arrived this morning. No, last night. Ah, oh.
1: just throughout
2: this morning. Oh yeah. my God, Thank you so much okay. for jumping on this call. <laughs> oh my
1: God. No problem.
2: That is no so problem. sweet. No well, problem. we're here to talk about mirror mirror, even though I just want to sit in gas bag because you just are such a fascinating person, but it's I've, no, it's I've been a huge fan for a really long time, so this is this is quite um, a coup for me, I have to say. I just wanted to let you know that. Well,
1: thanks for watching. Thanks for the- watching my stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you're such an incredibly intelligent person. And this new show, which is Mirror Mirror, Are You Well? This is the version of Mirror Mirror. Um, Can you give us a really quick elevator pitch? Sure.
1: So the idea of Mirror Mirror is to hold a mirror up to ourselves and to industries that affect our lives. So in the first season, we held a mirror up to the cosmetic surgery industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the second, we held it up to social media, and the internet, and in this one, we're holding it up to arguably one of the biggest, if not the biggest influencer in our lives, which is the wellness industry. Uh, and, And because wellness touches us from all different levels. Like there's no one that is not swimming in the wellness pool. Everyone's in there. And so this time around, we are, yeah, putting our focus on that. And uh, what a big task that was. When I originally started thinking about it, I think, oh, this shouldn't be too bad. And then I realized, holy, wow, that's big. It's a big topic.
2: It's a huge topic. That's documentary making. Actually, it, it, I always, when I watch documentaries, I'm like, oh, how it must take such a long time. And like, because you're, you're jumping from place to place and you're meeting lots of different people, it must be quite an arduous process putting something like this together.
1: It is, and I, I, I get, as the writer and the host, I get like, that's all I can do, including my own family. Like, I just blink her off, it's horrible. That's why they're often in my films, because I want to somehow incorporate them because I feel like I'm neglecting them so much. I want to incorporate them, but this year, because they're teenage, two teenage daughters, they're like, hell no, we are not going anywhere near your films they rarely watch my work so they were not willing to participate this time around how old are they oh I love my girls 17 and 14
2: oh you're in the thick of it you are in oh, the, thick the thick of it yeah I'm
1: so <laughs> in the thick of
2: it it's actually great for them they should watch this one because it is such an interesting look into the wellness industry I mean I've I do not at all pretend that I know anything about the wellness industry because there's so much information out there. But one thing that you say literally in the first two minutes of the first episode is that literally the wellness is industry is really just about making profit, and that really shocked me.
1: Yeah, I mean, so without making a blanket generalization what every single person in the wellness industry, which also includes doctors, Mm. in many cases, Mm -hmm. or or medical influencers. But I I think that we live in a time where the two biggest health influencers on the planet, they influence hundreds of millions of people, have no medical degrees. Gwyneth Paltrow and Joe Rogan. I mean, those two people have more influence than arguably all the doctors combined. Because they have hundreds of millions of followers. And neither of them have any medical training. And that's the world we're in. These influencers have become the doctors of the internet. And as you saw or you will see in the first episode, for one of our subjects, it doesn't end well. You know, it's, 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 because if you, I'm not saying everyone is, is putting out misinformation. But when it comes to wellness and health, it's important that there's either regulation or a healthy skepticism. Mm. and that we don't take everything for what it is because it it can kill you like it's not just getting crystals on your forehead it's getting bees stung into your body it's getting you know what i mean it's 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 taking psychedelics which which on the one hand i recommend and on the other hand i say (laughs) make sure you do it in a supervised supervised way
2: when you know, what's it called? In moderation. Psychedelics in moderation. In moderation in and moderation. under supervision and not illegally. And not illegally. Very good disclaimer, very yes. good disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> but it is true. I mean, it's it's very scary. People like Gwyneth Paltrow, I mean, she's such a she's almost a, a craze, isn't she? Like a fad. Like everything that she spouts, yes. but then where does she get that information from? That's what I want to know. Is she getting? Is it people that she's been influenced by? Is it research that she's doing? I mean, how does that even come about?
1: Well, as you know, she wouldn't see me. Right, I went there and I I chased her for a month, and uh, she refused. And I and I get it, right? I understand because she has been criticized. the New York Times has criticized her because what is Paul Trump? I don't I don't know her, so I I and, and I don't. I like people that watch the film and said, Oh, you must hate Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't hate Gwyneth Paltrow at all. But either Gwyneth Paltrow is a somewhat, somewhat loving, kind, naive person who is just doing everything to help other people, and that's her sole focus in life. Or she is a clever, somewhat ruthless capitalist who washes her hands of the outcomes. Maybe there's somewhere in the middle, but I want to believe she's on that side. But mm-hmm. when you look at it, I mean, one, one should not be steaming their vagina. Like, uh, radical detoxing, we should not be doing. Mm. We, th- the doctors around the world who have smaller voices than what is are saying, no, 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 please no. And yet, millions and millions of people follow. It's crazy when you think about it. Including my girls. My girls don't follow Gwyneth, but one of my girls, she follows Kim Kardashian. And, and I'm like, when, you, when you, I think we say this in the film, right? Kim Kardashian has 310 million followers. The World Health Organization has 10.
2: That was mind-boggling to me because you never, ever think about it until you look in the, at the figures and you go, oh, my God, only 10 million people in this world are following the World Health o- after a pandemic. They're following yes, it. Yes. Only 10 million people after a no, pandemic. No, but what's
1: 350 million follow the Kardashians.
2: Exactly. And that's, and of course, that's where our influence is. But I do want to talk about this detox culture because obviously you go to We Care. I actually had to Google that because I wasn't quite sure what it, but it's called We Care, right? We Care Spa. Do they care? That is remains to be seen. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's the spa for the rich and famous. You know, it's it's Gwyneth's Choice, one of Gwyneth's Choice. A lot of the most famous people in the world end up at We Care Spa. And I have to caveat what I'm about to say, but. They are incredibly lovely people. Of course, they're so lovely, like and 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 caring. And but the reality is, detoxing is dangerous. It's a marketing construct. It's in many cases, not in all, because some people have to detox after a serious drug addiction. Or, like there are medical of detox, but the marketing version of detox that is sold to the majority of us is very very. Very, very risky. And in many cases, it's just diet culture, slightly rebranded. And never in my life did I think I would end up getting an enema on television. It's like, oh God, really? Really? And my director, Jeff, who's also my my best friend, he's like, oh God, this is what my life has come to. I'm filming them hosing Todd on television. It is so awkward.
2: It was, it was truly so the best part when you with oh, the god. disappointment on your face. Oh god.
1: <laughs> that was the worst part. And Jeff is like holding the camera going, I filmed all of that for that.
2: <laughs> you were like hoping for like this full release and you were like, seriously, just that was it. That was it. <laughs> it is probably one of my favorite parts. I just I actually just started laughing very loudly. It was hilarious.
1: I thought the I, I thought the expert that's in it, you know, because I always try to give a voice to scientists, just yeah. to counter that thing that we just spoke about. You know, the, they're they're so outweighed online. There's no sense of of doctors online. It's all these sort of internet doctors, and that one, that doctor, uh, when she was speaking, and I explained to her, you know, while I was interviewing, I was explaining to her, and she's like, "Oh no, 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 no!" It was just so good. Like I I love the reaction to what is generally considered normal. Have you ever had that?
2: No, I haven't. No, I haven't. No, because you know what's so funny watching that because that is probably the first one I've seen. I'm I'm really sorry. That's where our relationship is already. But (laughs) that is the first one I've seen. And I was kind of like, is that it? Is that truly all it is? But my favorite bit was when she said, you need to come back tomorrow because it'll be so different. And I'm like what will be different? Will it be more? Like what? No, no, no. It was really interesting, but no judgment, No, But, you know, but
1: right? you know was the, the funniest part, which it didn't really, I, I couldn't get it in the edit. I just couldn't capture the moment because it was so fast. When I was lying there, I was really nervous, right? And she was very sweet and I, I, I quite liked her and she was very informative. And so I'm lying there and I got, I'm worried about Jeff because he's filming me, you know, getting hoes and I'm thinking, Oh God, what are you filming? And then she goes, she goes, oh, give me your hands. And I said, oh, okay. And she goes, because we're going to do it together. And as soon as, as soon as she touched my hand, in goes, low. like, it was like, I looked at Jeff, and I'm like, no, we did not do that together. That didn't, wow. Okay, that just happened. And we kind of missed that moment. I mean, we got a bit of it, but the way she said it, she goes, oh, give me your hand. And I said, okay. And then <laughs> as soon as she touched my hand, boom, and she went, we'll do it together. No, no, <laughs> no. That's why my kids don't watch my shows. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need to tell them just don't watch after this ad break and this ad break.
1: Hopefully, people are eating during that. Maybe that runs right at, at dinner time or, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it is yeah. the most most up close and personal we have seen you. Even though what I love about you as a as a, um, investigator, I guess we could say researcher, is that you do everything. That you did the leeches, you know, you go and you try everything. And I think that's such an incredible thing to do because we're actually seeing it firsthand from your experience. Why do you do that?
1: Because I, I believe on some level and i know it's not true for everything but the best way to understand something is from the inside so I, and i believe that i'm best to comment on it or or you know by showing it and doing it and it's very, there there's very few things that i won't do but um i just feel like when it happens to me i have i now have the right to say, say something i mean walking in their shoes if it's only for 5 minutes or 10 minutes or half an hour i think is is worth doing and there's mm. so many times where i've where I've been in the fields doing things, and and the 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 hosts say to me, I'm just so thankful that you actually do it with us, not you know judging us from the side. So it's not my personality anyway to throw from the side. It's my personality to be in the middle and then get hit from that. So
2: <laughs> you've been shot at. You've climbed. You've climbed Mount Everest, as we know. Have, yes, <laughs> yes. You travel through fire. Is-
1: Yes, the hardest one for me now is, as you probably know from Body Hack, is I, I embedded in Gaza for three weeks. So I, I I lived, all those places that are bombed, I stayed at a lot of those places. And my fixer, who was the first, first female Palestinian fixer, Amira, she sent me a message two days ago saying she's in a tent in the south and 26 members of her family are dead. And that that is my favorite film I've ever made, the, the Gazan film. Yeah. It's my favorite film i ever made. And yet it's so tragic now, you know, in, in that context. Sorry to be a bit of a downer, but you brought that no, no, up. No, no, no.
2: Of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We can't always just talk about enemies. But it's... Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's so much easier. Yeah. But you, know, I know. you talk
1: about immersing yourself, and that's what that episode was about, was immersing myself with, in Gaza and within those protests. And in some ways, it's sad to think, there what we filmed and what we captured was a precursor to what's happening today anyway uh let's move on from gaza
2: may i ask a quick question on that though sure. is that then something in a couple of years time you know hopefully that if the conflict has has really rested is that something that you would go back and then do another one on
1: i would love to go back mm. I, I would love to go back i mean I think that part of the world is one of the most fascinating Israel, like the whole areas. It's amazing. And I I just cannot see any way that it gets resolved because I was, I saw in the eyes of those children, the sort of hate that had developed and grown. And so I, and that now would be amplified and, you know, without, and the, the film didn't point any fingers either side, but what you do see is just tragedy on both sides. It's sad. You know, my kids, their Jewish friends in Australia are too scared to go to school. And then I'm getting a message from Amira saying 26 of her family are dead. It's like there's no winners. As they say, there are no winners. There's no winners in war.
2: I think that's something that I think that you, the reason you reach so many people is that you do come from such a kind of non-biased way. So I think when you are researching or when you're showing something in a documentary you're actually going well this is one way of looking at it here's the other and this is the truth i've found.
1: Yes, and that's from my mum like i come from a poor family and i i come from a working class family and i was never raised to believe i was anything but everyone else. You know, not, nothing special, you know, there's no I mean, unique uh, but mum you know, she, she raised me to, to be inquisitive and to not judge. Because if I judged, I'd be judging her, you know, and her life and how crazy that was. you know. Yeah. So, so I was raised like that. So in my filmmaking, it's, it's funny with filmmaking, isn't it? Because people that meet me, and I'm quite an introverted, so I don't meet a lot of people, but people that meet me, they always say, oh my God, you're exactly the same way as you are on TV. And I feel like saying, of course, because I'm not, I don't know how to act. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't even know how not to be me on TV. Like I don't know how to, I don't, I don't think I have the skill to do that. So it's, my mom can take credit. That's what I'm saying basically. We're not judging.
2: There is a special moment in there which you were half skeptic, half not with the John Farnham comment. Oh,
1: my God. I felt like it was so awkward. Like John Farnham is in hospital while this is going, while I'm filming this, and this psychic is referencing John Farnham, and my mother lives in Sydney, Canada, so she never would've heard. Anyway, it's the (laughs) wildness of psychics linking my mother and a beaver, an otter, with John Farnham. It's like, okay.
2: That was pretty good, she was like, but otters, you know, they hold hands. It was very cute. Yeah, exactly, I'm all But I have to say, with her,
1: she was so lovely. And I felt, I definitely felt better leaving the applied kinesiology session than I did going in. hmm That does not mean that pseudoscience is real, but it means that her, I mean, here's the difference. When I go see my medical doctor, I've got 15 minutes. If, when I go see her, I've got two and a half hours. And she's touching me and she's calming me. She's like, I still, I'm I'm not cool with pseudoscience. Uh, I understand what placebo is, but I have to say, in her defense, I felt better after meeting her. Wow.
2: Well, do you know what? That's probably also why a lot of people do go to those kind of things because you do have a sense of there is this sense of I feel so much better from having that experience.
1: Absolutely. And, and placebo. If your mind believes you're going to get better for many, many things, you will get better. Mm. That's why placebo is real. I mean, placebo is a real thing. It's not a, you know, pardon the pun, but it's not made up, you know what I mean? Like, and, and placebo works, but it, but it can be, it can be conflated for science and, you know, for scientific effectiveness. And I think of other things, you know, and I, I think that's the danger. Placebo shouldn't be the. If you're going to sell, if you're selling placebo, that's a dangerous business to be in.
2: I do have actually a question on normal medicine, on normal medicine, on medicine, medicine, on scientific yes. medicine. There was something that I found really interesting, and I have to read it here. It says that people felt that the conventional healthcare system is failing them and turned to alternative medicine for that reason. Yes. Why do you think that is?
1: I think there's a number of things going on. But I I think that uh COVID, the lingering effects of COVID are not just a cough. It's also anti-Western medicine, conspiratorial thinking, and misinformation. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't died off with COVID coming to an end. In fact, it's flourished. And a lot of that has to do with, with online. And and so I think that's one part of it, the major part. It. And uh another part of it is there are uh particularly in Canada and America, but also here. There are groups in society it's not all equal for everyone. And Western medicine doesn't treat everyone equally. Uh, Women, for example, have been disproportionately not listened to within the medical system. And so as a result of that, women and other ethnic groups look to other means of helping themselves because they're losing faith. And uh, we comment, I mean the doctor comments on it in in the series. Uh, And it's not about people being gullible. It's not about people, well, sometimes it is about being misinformed. In many cases, it's about fear and desperation and just wanting to be better. You know, the, the, the man who, well, you know what happens in the end, uh, that first episode. Uh, you know, he, he was not stupid at all. In fact, he was clever and funny. And, and he was and so funny. Yeah, wasn't he? And, and interesting, yeah. But he, he was desperate. And he had turned his back on on Western medicine, and the result can be well. The result can be fatal.
2: My sister had leukemia, so she had acute myeloid leukemia, and it actually the chemo they actually said and the radiation that's probably what could kill her over the cancer, and that's what's really scary. Thankfully, she we did a um, stem cell transplant, and she's she's doing really really well, but. Uh, what happened with the chemotherapy it absolutely destroyed her entire body like her fingernails were falling out and her hair was falling out and her her, she had no immune system and it was it was absolutely awful but you then had to trust in that medicine to know that that was what was going to kill the cancer but then again is it going to affect her long term
1: yeah and and that's why it was a it was a fine line to walk with John in the film. Mm. Because on the one hand, you know, you, I don't want to come across, because I am someone who likes to explore and try alternative things. You know, I'm a wellness addict as well. I've tried many of the treatments that I did in the show mm. before I did the show. But in, 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 you know, John was not entirely wrong in his skepticism. And it's his own experience with chemo. But then that's real. And that's not for me to judge. But my bigger concern when it comes to the wellness industry is how cancer is used. So for many influencers, for many unqualified people, cancer is the hook. It's the way to get them in. And we never, we had that issue with Bella and all that, you know, saying, oh, I've got cancer, and then we find, like that's my biggest concern is that the wellness industry being unregulated, a five trillion dollar business, cancer is an amazing hook. Because you are talking to the most vulnerable of the vulnerable people. And, uh, and they're looking for anything to help. And that's where I think we need regulation and we need to be careful.
2: Do you see that changing?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Like the internet, I'd like to think that we will mature in our consumption. That's what the last series was about.
2: Every, all of your series kind of tie into one another, don't they? They do. They're just because like they inspired,
1: an extension. Yeah. That's right. They're inspired off each other. Like we, But here, some good news on, on this, the first series we did on the cosmetic surgery industry, those specific doctors have now ended up in court. And as a result of all of that, there's new regulation, which is great. Well, then fabulous. I, I, I know. I just found out last week that a Omegle, which was the focus of the last series, the opening of the last series, has closed because the, the owner said, which is a child predation site – The owner said he couldn't take any more criticism. And I'm so thankful that we applied the blowtorch. For as little as our voice may have been from Australia, we also applied the blowtorch. And in the wellness industry, I think we will either get to regulation and or hopefully enough voices will get out there to help people be better informed. Because again, I I am not against alternative treatments. I, I would be an unbelievable, I would be a hypocrite because I've tried them all. Not all, but I've tried many like I'm, I'm totally down with alternative treatments, but I'm more down with science. And, I, but the only way for science to move on is trying things. And there's a moment where the, the, these things she was, I, I just adored her. She was amazing, but she said something towards the end of the film, which is, it's just obvious and profound. She said, people criticize us scientists when in the media, when they say, oh, science got it wrong. When I hear that, I think, great, we're doing our job. Because science is not fixed, except for maybe gravity, but science is not fixed. Like, it's all constantly evolving. And we are testing and retesting, testing and retesting, testing and retesting. And currently, it is the only system we have. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, I went, it's so true. We're so quick to say science got it wrong, but getting it wrong is part of science. Like, Anyway, I'm very, I'm very pro science
2: No, I love that. What did we learn at school? The um, no, I don't remember because I was terrible at it.
1: <laughs> best? It's the first series, uh, memory series. You you know watch? Reads on my brain. My memory's not great. I shouldn't, <laughs> oh I, shouldn't I shouldn't throw stones. Um.
2: <laughs> no science has never I am look I I I swing both ways when it comes to science and pseudoscience I have to tell you um but but I am I'm very interested in like I think the facts I think this is something that Mirror, Mirror has particularly done so super well is that you actually are learning the facts but one thing that I do want to say is that or ask you research wise with the with the advancement of modern technology it, it is so hard to know what is real and what's not. And then you do the more research you do and the deeper you go, the more information you get. And you're like, well, what is real? How do we determine what is true and what's not?
1: Yes, so, what you said is one of the biggest, I mean, one of the biggest problems we face is exactly what you just articulated, which is truth has become a loose concept. And that's scary. So, I, I think one thing is finding sources, reliable sources that you, you trust. Right, that, that and then multiple angles of sources. So even the best scientists in the world, as I just said, they often get it wrong. So having multiple uh, voices, I think what's so I think finding multiple voices on a topic that are qualified in the area that you're discussing. So if you are, if, one of the scientists said this: like if you are discussing cancer, you are best to take advice for someone who has possibly spent 10 years of their life studying. Just that.
2: Yeah, right.
1: But then the scientists would say, don't just take one opinion. Take multiple opinions of people that actually know the subject. The danger we have now is we've got a whole bunch of people that know it on a superficial level that are better articulators than they are knowledge holders and those people get listened to. So multiple sources of specialists is a a good idea. And just also teaching our kids to have skeptical minds. You know, to view, not to do. I, I do it with my girls now. I have two teenage daughters, just getting them to be skeptical about what they see, particularly, you know, whatever advertising, marketing. They, they watch the surgery thing. and I remember when they, they watched it, they were like, Dad, that's not that bad. I know friends that are getting Botox. I'm like, Oh, God, at 17? Yes. So it's worth having. At 17? Yeah. They're getting it because their mother
2: is. That is absolutely astounding to me.
1: Yeah. Not to me anymore after doing a series on, it. But.
2: <laughs> actually I wanna know what is the biggest, the most mind-boggling thing that you've ever learned that changed your mind that you never um, thought you would change your mind to?
1: Maybe addiction. I've always I've been quite strong-minded and disciplined. Uh throughout my life with my own health my own fitness and i used to believe that you know you, you can sort of get over a lot of things with positive mindset and then you know my mother died an addict and i she gave me a different perspective on addiction that it's more than i mean I i know it's obvious you know now and and no. and, and, and she had suicidal depression and all of that stuff and she just changed my perspective on it because she she struggled in silence at that generation, you know? And uh, I just think when I look back, it's sad that they they struggled in silence. And, uh, and and I think that that's changing. And this is part of what we were discussing in the film with with psychedelics, you know? It's like, we just need to have bigger conversations about mental health. And, and, and I just, my whole view of it changed through my own personal experience with my mom. That's probably the biggest change I've had towards that. And even I, I, throughout, throughout my life, I've been harsh on my mother, you know, and, and with her struggles, not really appreciating the level of addiction, you know, not really just seeing her as my mother, like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that to us? And, and now I look back and I go, oh wow, I still got that wrong. <laughs>
2: anyway, thank you so much it. for sharing. No, thank you so much for sharing because that's a very big, tough lesson to learn yeah it is do you have a piece of advice for yourself or let's actually let's put it to your girls what piece of advice do you have for your girls navigating this big bad world that we live in
1: um that the brave are not without fear they're brave because of it and that in that you know, bravery is not about risk taking. It's about sort of going after the things that you want in your life and dealing with the, the stumbles. Yeah, I would teach my girls. I, I my, Naomi, my wife, is she always says she is the primary caregiver and I'm the secondary entertainment on the side. Uh, and the majority of what my kids know are from Naomi. But I'd like to think what I, the gift I've given them or try to give them is bravery. This Is the courage, you know, and uh, I, I, we're in a society. This one and Canadian society was similar, where boys are taught to be brave on sporting fields and girls are taught to be nice. So this is short. It's a long way of me saying my girls are not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. To you. <laughs> or the other way of saying, it is, don't fuck <laughs> with my
2: daughters. Yeah. <laughs> But, Otherwise, you'll come up yeah. behind them. And Not me. <laughs> worry about them. Yeah. Oh, wait. Sorry. You're hiding behind them. My apologies. Yeah. I'll be the one ducking
1: behind my oldest.
2: <laughs> thank you so much for chatting to me. I know we've only Pleasure. got a short amount of time. I, oh, my gosh. I want to talk to you for so much longer. But thank you. This has just been amazing. And thank you for sharing all of your stories with me. It's just, it's no been problem. lovely. Thank
1: you for thank taking you. the time.
0: Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at theentertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud chatter podcast.